Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you are listening to The Hiker Podcast. What is up there, hikers? This is Andy, and you are listening to the podcast that gets to know the hiker behind the trekking poles that demystifies hiking. You know the whole spiel. We we want to ask the hiker how, how hiking has changed them and how they, in turn, are changing the world around them. That's right. You're listening to the Hiker Podcast, which is sponsored by CS Instant Coffee, the best instant coffee on the trail. Uh, I say that because I've had them all, and they're that good. CS Instant Coffee has been so cool to the show. And they really are just an amazing product, an amazing company. I don't know what else to say. Just get their stuff. You can go to the description of this episode. There's a link there where it helps out the show if you buy some CS Instant Coffee. What's really cool about their product, of course, is is, is biodegradable. The packaging that it comes in, it's biodegradable, unlike the other companies that use the foily stuff that, you know, they bury in the ground and you find it there 100 years later. Not so much with CS Instant Coffee. So good. Doesn't have that weird chemically taste. Also... Our wonderful friends at Canock Outdoors. Uh, if you want to get a pair of Canock trekking poles, I have the cork carbon fiber trekking poles. Uh, go to the link in the description or uh, go ahead and put in Hiker Podcast when you check out for 10% off. I haven't sold out if I use these products because these are products that I used before and I will continue to use even if they pull their sponsorships. Like, hey, we can't do sponsorship anymore. I'm still going to use their products. Canock's also really cool because. Uh, like the trekking poles, they want those to be the last trekking poles you will ever buy, which is not something a lot of companies say. They want you to buy a new pair every year or two years. And with uh, hiking season coming up, it's a great time to go ahead and buy your gear from smaller companies uh, that are making a difference, like Canock, which is in Portland, Oregon. Your trekking poles will be handmade in Portland, Oregon, but also they have the Vecto bags, the Visica bottles, all that fun stuff. And then CS Instant Coffee, amazing. Arabica beans, just so good. So thank you to those two amazing companies for sponsoring the Hiker Podcast. Uh, if you want to know all the different ways to listen, go to hikerpodcast.com, of course. And uh, yeah, I don't, I just, I'll talk more at the end. Just thank you all for uh, tuning in and listening. I've had so many encouraging uh, emails and notes and messages from you all. And I, I just, I want to keep hearing from you. If you want a Hiker Podcast sticker, email me, Andy at hikerpodcast.com. And I will, I will send you a free Hiker Podcast sticker in the U.S. mail. I can only send to the United States and Canada, unfortunately. I can't send overseas. It gets weird. I know. Anyways, but I'll get you one for free. So get a Hiker Podcast sticker. Just email me or hit me up in my DMs on the Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes or at Hiker Podcast. And for all the different ways to listen and to leave an Apple Podcast review, go to hikerpodcast.com. Also, there is a super secret hiker podcast facebook group and if you promise to be respectful and all that jazz we'll let you in uh just search in groups on facebook for hiker podcast or just message me and i'll send you the link with that guys i am super excited to have this hiker on the show kayla bold is an appalachian trail through hiker and a lone star hiking trail through hiker i bet you haven't heard of the lone star trail in texas she lives in her rv full time she's currently renovating it in central texas and plans to start traveling around the great united states of america in the next few years in her free time she enjoys writing and 
painting. She's a strong advocate for mental health and is open about her own struggles. We had an amazing conversation. Uh, she's planning to complete the long trail this year and has a lot more plans. We had a great conversation just about her, her, her past and her history in hiking. So just go ahead, sit back, relax, and listen to this conversation I had with through hiker Kayla Bold. I love the fact that on this show we have so many different people and so many people I've discovered because of this show because I'm following one person, I found another person and I find out about new trails I didn't even know about. And I've recently met this particular hiker on Instagram. Kayla Bold is here on the show. She is a author on the trek, a long distance through hiker. And Kayla, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I've found you on Instagram. We have a lot of mutual uh, friends and followers on there. Um, seeing what you're doing with, the, with the, I think, is it, is it a van you're revamping right now? It's an RV travel trailer. Very nice. And then you've just finished the Lone Star Trail. You've hiked the Appalachian Trail. So before we get into all that, just tell us who you are, where you come from, those things that hikers just want to know. All right, so um, I'm from Central Texas, been born and raised in a town just north of Austin called Round Rock. Um, I have, um, sorry. <laughs> um, so from Central Texas, just in Round Rock, I grew up here my whole life and I did sports all throughout high school did soccer, swimming, volleyball, pretty much anything that I could be in. I just wanted to be active as possible. I fell in love with the outdoors pretty much when I was a kid. We had this kind of like a little forest area. It's not really a forest, it's kind of an area that's not developed, but we would go run around back there and just hang out back there. We create a little tree forest and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where I got into the outdoors and stuff. Um, and then it wasn't until 2019 when I actually got into like hiking, hiking. I did, you know, small, short day hikes with friends just to have fun, but nothing serious until 2019 when I got laid off from my job and my dad gave me a book and I read it and I was like, I want to do that. Cause I, you know, I'd seen movie wild and all those other shows about hiking and I was like, Oh, that's cool. But it wasn't until I read that book when I was like, that sounds fun. I have to do something like that. And so I researched and then I went and did it. And I only had one backpacking experience before that. And that was 10 years before. So, yeah. So my, my question for you is we don't get a whole lot of Texans on this show. Mostly it's, you know, people from Colorado or Oregon or Washington what is the outdoor scene like in Texas? Because I think of Texas, I think of dust and, you know, basically Houston. That's all I think about. What, what, what's it like in Texas to, to be someone who's into the outdoors? Um, where I'm at, it, it is kind of hard just because it's very flat here. I, if I want to go see some beautiful scenery, I have to go travel out to West Texas where, you know, Big Bend and all that kind of stuff is, but I've actually never been out there. I've been to Enchanted Rock. I believe it's the only one I've been to. And that one was actually pretty cool. Did that with like Girl Scouts or whatever, but 
yeah, it's pretty flat here and it's mostly just small trails that are 20 miles around a lake or something. Nothing too crazy. So if I want an adventure, I have to go drive pretty far for it. So you get this book and you decide you want to do through hiking. Talk a little bit about the process of and journey of getting to the AT um, and, and hiking that. So I got the book in, I'd say, April of 2019, read the book, probably finished it within three days, maybe, because I didn't have a job, I had nothing else to do. So I just read the book. And so then I started researching about the Appalachian Trail, what it consisted of, and you know, all those things that, what's the bio of the Appalachian Trail? And so once I was like, I have to do this, and that's when I started researching the gear and what does it take to do an actual through hike of the Appalachian Trail because it's such a long trail. And so I did, I did mostly gear research than trail research. Um, most people do it kind of the other way around, but I wanted to make sure I was set up basically for success. And so I saved up. I worked 40 to 45 hours a week at a restaurant and just saved all my money, bought all the really good gear that I could. And then, I mean, I don't think my parents thought I was serious until I started buying gear. And so once I bought my pack and I think it was my tent or my sleeping bag, they're like, Oh, you're serious. Okay. So that's when they got on board and they pretty much just helped me and they let me move back in and save up money instead of paying, you know, almost a thousand dollars worth of, rent and bills and stuff so um yeah I bought all the gear and then went out and started hiking March of 2020. So you started hiking in the midst of COVID March of 2020 talk a little bit about what was that like what was that journey like as things are getting you know a year ago to this week really things are starting to get shut down what was that like? So I started March 5th and that day was a cold, rainy day, and it was miserable. And if anybody else had started, I mean, a lot of us started that day, but it's one of those, it was cold, it was rainy, and a lot of people would have just quit. But at that time, COVID wasn't really a thing. Like, we knew about it, but it wasn't like, hey, this is, you know, affecting us. It was more of a New York City still thing. And so we kept hiking, and it wasn't until, I think, the week of, like the 15th is when things started really getting bad and we found out about the toilet paper shortage and because we had gotten to town and finally had service and we started learning about all of it and we're like, okay, this is getting kind of serious. But until, you know, it starts affecting us, we should just keep hiking. We're probably safer out here anyway because we're in the woods, right? So we kept hiking and we're sitting at a shelter and the one time we actually had service, we got the email from the ATC asking everybody to postpone their hikes or to get off trail if they're already on trail. And all of us, we just had this huge dilemma because we're like, we don't want to go home. We want to stay out here and enjoy this. And I think we all cried. We all called our friends and family, like, what should we do? What do we, like, what do we do now? And so I called my parents and they basically said, you have to do what's best for you, but you also don't want to go and affect those communities that, you know, they're small communities. They already have little resources. What, you know, you don't want to take from them. I was like, you're absolutely right. So I made the decision on March 17th to come home. 
back to Texas. And so on the 19th, my mom drove from Texas all the way to North Carolina and picked me up. And then we drove back home. What was it like after that? You, you get home, you've, you've been hy- hyping yourself up for this amazing through hike. You know, you you watch all the videos, you do all the research, you, you spend thousands of dollars on gear, you got a little taste of it, and then you had to come home. What was life like for you when you got home? And at what point did you get back out and start hiking again? Um, it was devastating. I, because I had the taste of it, I was already you know, I already caught the bug and I, it was so hard coming home and just being stuck in my house, not being able to do anything because, you know, that was supposed to be my life for the next six months was being out in the woods and healing myself. And now I'm back home where all the, where all my thoughts are back with me. And so I, I was at home for a little while. I did some my artwork, I got really back into my art and it was amazing. And that definitely helped. And then I went back to work at my restaurant because they decided to open for drive through and take out orders. So I went back and started doing that, but it was just such a toxic environment with some of the coworkers I was working with. And basically I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And in June, I said, if I said, screw it, I'm going to go back out there and I'm safer out there than I am back here in Austin where there was so many cases that, you know, the cases kept going up and I was like, I'm safer in the woods. So I went back on the trail. And at that point, things had gotten more, where there's more of an understanding of what a safe hiking would look like, that sort of thing. And things were going rampant in the cities like Austin or like Portland up here. Um, you talked a little bit about, you know, your healing when you got home and, and, and dealing with things in your art. What was the mental impact, the, the, the mental health impact for you of, of leaving the trail like that suddenly where you had a taste of it and it was just like, that was just taken away from you? I definitely, I wouldn't say it was post-trail depression because I don't know if I would agree with that. It's definitely more of a grief like that um, lady talked about on Backpacker Radio. Um, yeah, it was definitely like, I felt like I lost it. And it was hard to cope with that. Like, because I didn't know when I would be able to get back out there because I was so, I'm going to wait until things are back to normal and I'm going to stay home and do my deed and stuff like that. But then it got to a point where I was like, I have to do what's best for me and my mental health and being home right now is not for that. And being out in the woods that just had those two weeks that I was out there and I felt just a sense of relief when I was out there, the sense of peace come over me. And I knew that that's where I needed to be and I needed to get back out there. So what is it about the woods and and, and the outdoors that, is so healing. I know for myself, having been through a lot of trauma, the one thing I've, I've found, um, and it's almost been religious for me is getting out on trail, getting out in the outdoors, getting away from it all for you. What is it? Or can you even pinpoint what is it about the trail hiking in the outdoors that is healing and, and almost therapeutic to a certain extent? I don't know if I can pinpoint it exactly, but it's, I think it's just 
it's so calm out there. It's slow. And because regular life, it's all about go, go, go. You got to get everything done in such a short amount of time. But out there, it's you just walk, walk for miles and climb up a mountain, climb down a mountain and repeat. And so I think just the slowness of being out there is very therapeutic. At least for me, it is. And I, I saw on your, your Instagram stories today, you write, you're writing about overcoming mental illness through hiking. How do you think hiking contributes to that? I know myself having, you know, to deal with my own struggles and hiking has been a huge part of that and seeing others, encouraging others to do that. I, I understand it, but for you, what is it about the physical act of hiking that helps you overcome those things? Not that therapy is not important or, or seeing a therapist isn't important, but I saw a therapist and my therapist told me to go hiking. So <laughs> what, what, what is it about it? Honestly, I don't know. It's just one of those medicine didn't work for me. Therapy didn't work for me. Talking with my friends only helped so much. Talking with my parents, you know, one of those, you're talking to your parents, you don't want to tell them everything kind of thing. And so just being in the woods, is just like, I can deal with my stuff on my own time when I'm ready to. And for me, like in normal life, I just push everything to the side. I'm like, I'll deal with that later. Oh, I'll deal with that later. But when I get out there, I'm like, okay, it's time to deal with it. Let's just process something one at a time. Like, let's go over this. And then how can we learn from this? How can we heal from this? And it's all just about taking those steps and making sure I'm okay with what happened. And then being okay with, you know, everything. So you're, you're back out on the Appalachian Trail. It's obviously much later. Um, than when you when you started before talk a little bit about the rest of your journey on the trail what did that look like did you pick up where you left off did you go a little further down obviously you're gonna have some weather constraints that you didn't have before because it's later in the season what the what did the rest of that journey look like so we got back on so when i say we i actually hiked the trail with my dad uh because he had gotten laid off from work and you know what else was he gonna do so we decided to hike together so he got on about a week before I did to do a few miles that he missed because he came out originally with me and did all the way up to Neil Gap. So he went from Neil Gap to Franklin, which is what I had already completed. So we got back on in Franklin and started hiking north and we were just enjoying it. We, were, we already knew we were going to have to flip at some point because we knew about the weather and we were like, there's no way we're going to make it to Katahdin before the end of the season. So we just kept going and we're just trying to pinpoint when's going to be a good point to flip. And so we got to Damascus and said, okay, let's go ahead and just flip here. Cause this is a good town and this would be a cool ending point. Cause it's Damascus. It's where trail days is. And it's a, it's a trail town. So we got to Damascus and flipped up to Pauling, New York, which is basically the uh, New York, Connecticut border and started hiking north to Katahdin, got to Katahdin September 28th or 9th. I'm not 100% sure on the date, but we made it up there. And then we flipped back down to Pauling and then hiked south down to Damascus. And we finished in Damascus December 3rd, 
I believe. <laughs> I'm really bad with the dates on when we finished and when slipped and stuff. But yeah, so it was it was a great experience hiking with my dad and we got a lot closer and um like we were close before, but the trail definitely brought us closer and it was nice to have that experience with my dad. And so yeah. Well, what was the trail like during that time as far as other people? I mean, a lot of people had gotten off, a lot of people just canceled it completely. What were the what 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 were the people like on there who who were still hiking or had gotten back on or was there a difference? I mean, obviously you're in COVID, so there was a difference. So describe just kind of what things were like in a pandemic and you're hiking through this, this long trail and you can't do the things you normally would, would do uh, if it was a, another year. So when we got back on in the South, it was a lot of people that also had just been getting back on or they had gotten on earlier and started from Springer and kept, you know, we're hiking North. And I mean, we all the same goal. We all understood the, you know, what was going on and, we all knew that we we're going to have to flip at some point, but we just, we, we just hiked and it was one of those camaraderie things where we're like, we're, we're doing something during some, a crazy time right now. And how else are we going to do this with, but without each other? So, you know, we had a train laid down in the South and then we all got to a point where we all started flipping at different points just because of timeline issues. And so when we had flipped up um, in the beginning, we had a little, uh, like a tiny family and then it eventually started growing. And all those people that we were with in the North, um, some of them had never gotten off or they did for like a month or so. Some of them got off for two months. Um, but pretty much everyone we ran into had gotten off at some point for a certain amount of time. And so, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a cool experience, but it was also, we knew we had to be careful. We all had our mask every time we went into town. If the hostel required us to wear the mask, we would wear the mask unless we were in the, our rooms and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was definitely weird. Like, sometimes we couldn't find hand sanitizer, which is typical, but we always try to stay stocked on that. If I didn't have hand sanitizer, my dad did. So, at least one of us had it at some point, but... Yeah, it was definitely a weird experience and it really sucks not being able to get that full northbound experience that most hikers get and being able to go to all these cool places that are along the trail. But a lot of places were shut down. Some places decided to never even open. Some were like half capacity type stuff. And it was weird. Like, But I mean, we made the best of it and we got the experience that we got. and. Middle East, we got one. Shifting gears a little bit, you you got into the, you got the through hiking bug in around 2019. You you had researched it and found you know all these resources online. Talk a little bit about the hiking community online and how you found that and how you've connected in with with that because. I know for my, myself, finding that community has been so vital as someone who's always myself felt like a misfit and outsider. I find these people who are have this common interest and who are a lot like me. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. What has your experience been like with the 
the hiking community online and how have you connected with different people through that community? I did most of my research with Instagram or YouTube. I started following other 2020 hikers, started following past hikers as well, but I didn't actually like talk to any of the past hikers because I didn't want to be that, you know, needy, nosy person. Um, I mean, I did would message like some people, but um, I mostly just talked with the, the class I was going to be with. Just being like, hey, what's y'all's gear or um, what are y'all doing for this kind of thing? And just wanting to get to know who I was going to actually be hiking with. And I did all that through Instagram. I did join the Appalachian Trail 2020 class Facebook page. Um, but I don't know, just that group just for some reason, it just had this weird vibe with that. So I ended up stopped following that and eventually it got uh, shut down because of the COVID and there's just so many people being rude to each other and they shut it down. So I basically had to stick with face Instagram. And so, yeah, I just, with YouTube, it was more just watching other people's pass through hikes and getting to know, you know, how it was to be a hiker, but Instagram was definitely how I learned everything and who I got to meet with the community and things like that. So you get in December, you get done with the, the AT. What was next for you? Um, at the time when I finished, my plan was to just stay living at home and wait until summer and then go do either the long trail or in the fall, do the Arizona trail. I wasn't sure which one I wanted to do. Um, but some things happened and that plan got thrown out the window. So I moved into my, I bought an RV and then I'm now I'm living in it. And now then I went and did the long truck. I was like, I need an escape. There's so much going on right now that I just, I just need to get away from everything for a little while. So I went and did the long or that Lone Star Trail. Sorry. And then and I was like, okay, that's not enough. And so now I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do the long trail in the summer. So living in that RV right now, I'm living on my friend's parents' property rent-free, which I'm so thankful for. And I'm going to just keep saving up and yeah. So try and do the long trail this year. So I didn't even know that Texas had a trail. Until I had a, I had a guest come on a few months ago who was from Texas who actually came to Oregon to hike the Oregon Coast Trail. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, I heard, I heard, I heard Texas has a trail out here too. I had no idea it's called the Lone Star Trail. I'm like, oh, what is the Lone Star Trail, and why do you think no one really knows about it in the through hiking community? So the Lone Star Trail is a 96.4 mile trail. Um, it's through the same Houston National Forest. And I think a lot of people don't know about it because it's such a small trail. It's not, you know, your national scenic trail where you're going to climb a mountain and get to see these wonderful views. It's a flat trail that walks through the woods. It's also a road walking trail. So the people that do know about it, all they know about is, oh, this trail sucks because you walk on a road half the time or you're stuck in the woods and you don't see anything. All you see is trees. And I, 
at first, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, oh, this trail's going to suck, but I'm from Texas. I have to do it. So I kind of just went with other people's opinion on the trail. But then I got out there. I'm like, this trail isn't that bad. Like, this trail is great for the people that can't take six months off work or take three months off work. It's a great trail for it to take six to 12 days off work, depending on how long you want to stretch out your hike. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's a great trail. And so I think the best time for the season is spring, just because you have all the winter water. But if you wait till fall, you're going to have the, the no water because the summer dries everything up and everything's dry in Texas. So you're going to have to cash water and it's going to be a lot more logistics if you wait till fall where in the spring, all we had to do is cash once. And it was right before a 20 mile dry stretch, which we did most of it in one day. So. So you mentioned before you're an artist and I'm curious as, as someone who, who creates, first of all, talk a little bit about what you do as far as, as, being an artist, but also how has hiking inspired you and your art um, day to day, week to week? So I do acrylic pouring paint um, where I just take paint and I mix some stuff into it and I pour it onto a canvas and it creates these really cool cells and things like that. Um, so getting into that, it definitely, I've always loved art whether I do it or someone else does it or whatever, I've always had a fascination for it. So I was like, I'm, I can create that. And it took a lot of trial and error, but I think I've gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, this is cool. And of course I still have so much to learn, but I think, I think it's healing because it just takes my mind off whatever I'm going through. And all I do is just focus on, how do I get this support just perfectly to create this cool design? Um, but I don't think like, I think hiking and the art are actually two separate things for me. I don't know if hiking is actually like, there's a cause and effect with it. I think it's just, I have hiking as an outlet and I have art as an outlet because I don't do anything that like my art is just kind of, it does its own thing because I can only control so much of once I pour the paint. So I don't do anything that's nature related for it. Do you think perhaps they both perhaps serve the same purpose for you? Um, Cause once you get on the trail, you're on the trail, you're kind of at the whim of the trail you can plan, but the same is kind of with your art. Once you pour the paint, you kind of got to go with it. Is, is there both kind of a similar therapeutic value for you there? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I get the same thing out of both of them. I love hiking and I love doing art and I, I get the sense of relief and the calmness once I'm immersed in whatever I'm doing. And I, I guess as someone myself who who got into art and filmmaking and then discovered the trail, I'm curious, just for me, there's this sense of whether I get behind a camera or I step on a trail after being off a trail for a while of this just like burden being taken off my shoulders. Like, wow, I need, I need this. And I just, I go, 
either you know press record you start filming you're working with actors or you just start walking is there that same sense for you if you've it's been a few weeks or a while since you've been on a trailer since you've been able to create and then you finally get back on it get back into it you're like oh my gosh yes and it's just this sense of just relief for you when that happens yeah i definitely with the lone star trail i knew i needed it but i didn't realize how much i needed it until we got out there i think it was day two and we were just walking and i'm just like wow i feel so calm right now and like two days before i was like stressing out about you know work and what am i going to do to pay the bills and you know all this stuff because I am now having to get on my own phone plan. I need to get my own health insurance, my own car insurance. I'm basically having to learn how to be an adult because my parents have been so helpful with everything. But now it's to the point, I'm 26. I need to be an adult and get all this stuff by myself. So when I got on trail, I was just like, oh, okay, I can breathe. I can take this time to just relax. All this stuff's going to be there when I get back, but I'll have a, a fresher mind. I'll have a calmer like, I guess, zen about me to deal with all of it when I get home. It's so funny how the trail provides that for so many of us when we're running the rat race at home, whether it's work, family, just trying to figure crap out. And then it just gives us that peace and calm that we need that we can't find anywhere else. So I'm curious for you, what, what does the future look like for you, not just on the trail, but in life and art and your RV and that project. I will do art when I can, but in the RV, it is a 23 foot trailer. So there's only so much space in there. And I put so much effort into rehabbing it that I don't want to get, you know, paint where I shouldn't. So I'm browsing ideas on how to do art either in the RV or somehow outside when I get, you know, enough space to, do art, I guess, again. Um, but for now, it, that's unfortunately back on the back burner. I'm almost done with part one of the RV renovation. Just have to finish putting up the wallpaper. I had to order more. So that's also been put on hold. So I I would love to travel with the RV, but unfortunately, I don't have the car big enough to tow it. So I'll be stuck here in Austin for probably the next two years until I can afford to get a truck big enough to tow it. So I'll just be living a small life and working and going on hikes when I can. What does, or what advice would you give to someone who maybe is in a similar situation as, as, as you were and they're wanting, they're thinking about hiking. What would you tell them? Just do it. There's never going to be the perfect time. It's always going to be the wrong time. So you just kind of have to put yourself first. Are is this what you need right now? And if it is, go and do it. If if you don't think it is, just really think about it. And you know you want to do it. So why wait? Just go and do it. I think for so many of us, that's really what it takes. And you, you of course, some people have some obligations they just can't can't stop but at, at, at the same time maybe you can't hike the pct or the at but you have the lone star trail the tahoe rim trail these smaller trails you can start doing you can you can't take six months but you can take six days you can take two weeks and 
just get out there and just do it. That's amazing advice. Um, I, I can't stress that enough. Just go and do it and find, find a way to do it. So Kayla, with everything you, you just talked about getting into hiking, uh, having to get off the trail and getting back on the trail. I'm just curious, how has hiking changed you? I think it's made me more calm, more open to change. Cause before I always hated change. Anything that was different was not okay. And so now I'm just, I'm more open with everything. I'm, I take everything one day at a time and saying it is what it is. Things happen, things change, and you can only have so much control over it. So just taking it one day at a time has been probably the best way for me to accept change. So, yeah. And I, I ask every through hiker this, what's the story behind your trail name? So when I was on the AT for the first two weeks, I didn't get a trail name. And then after a couple, I think it was like a month or two after getting home, my friend Taps and I went to Arizona to go hike the Arizona Trail, just do a little section of it. Because we were like, we need to get out. We're stuck. We can't be stuck in our houses. And so we went out and did the Arizona Trail for a little bit. And when we finished the trail, or like little section that we did, we went to get food and I got chicken nuggets. And she's a vlogger. And so she asked me like, what did I get for food? And I was so excited. I was like, I got nuggets. And then after she did the video, she was like, your trail name should be nuggets. I was like, no, I don't want a trail name that has anything to do with food. And so fast forward, I get back on the AT. After a little bit, I, was once again eating chicken nuggets at some point and someone was like, your trail name should be nuggets. And I was like, damn it. And so I eventually ended up just accepting the name nuggets. That's awesome. If people wanted to find you online, find out what you're doing, where would they go? With, probably go just to my Instagram. I don't really post anywhere else. So my Instagram is just Kayla.bold. Awesome. Kayla, thank you so much for coming on here and uh, telling your story here on the Hiker Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Kayla, for coming on the Hiker Podcast and sharing your story. So excited to have you on. Make sure you follow her on all the various social media networks. Links for all that are down below. If you ever want to check out the show notes or anything, just go to uh, hikerpodcast.com. You click on podcast. It has all the different stuff. If you're having a hard time, maybe on Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts, getting on the links and stuff. It's always there. Show notes, all that fun stuff. Follow her. Yeah, just do it. Do it. Do it. Um, I do want to just take this moment and thank you all for, again, supporting the show. I'm doing something starting in April, April 1, that I have not done. I've been really hesitant to do. I am starting a Patreon to help support this show. The show has, because of you all, because of certain people in the industry, has really kind of blown up and it's been really cool to watch. And I want to be able to put more time into the show. Uh, I've said before so many times because I've had to take on other jobs and other work, which I, I don't mind doing. I love what I do. Um, I've had to cancel interviews um, and things of that nature. And I want to be able to really put more time and effort into producing shows and not just 
not just doing the interviews, which I love doing, but also like doing some, you know, really intentional audio podcasts where we talk with hikers about their story and we produce it with sound and all that stuff. But to do that, I need more time to do it. And I need to not have to take other jobs. So anyways, all that to say, I am starting a Patreon. There is no obligation for you to join or give. It's just, if you have a dollar a month and you want to be like, Hey, anyone will support you. That's what it is. I've been super hesitant. Cause I don't want people to think I'm doing this for the money. I've been doing this since July. I'm not doing this for the money. I do it cause I love hiking and I've me being a new hiker. Still, I consider myself a new hiker. I've wanted to learn and I've learned so much and I've been embraced by this community. So that's just something I am doing. It's a great way you can support me. Uh, and if you can't say you're a college student and you know, things are rough right now or, you know, um, with, with COVID the job situations looking, looking, you know, not good. Don't, don't give, I don't, I don't expect anybody to give, but especially if you're in those situations, you know, don't, you know, this is going to be free. Stickers are always going to be free. I'm going to give those out. Um, I just, I just love you all. And I want to be able to put out the best product. So thank you all so much. I'm super excited. My plans this spring and summer, I'm going to summit Mount McLaughlin. I'm going to hike through the Cascade Siskiyou national monument, start working on my documentary on public lands and the, um, the national monument program. I'm going to do the Tahoe rim trail in the Tahoe Reno area. Super excited about that. And I'm going to do lots of, um, different hiking and backpacking throughout Southern Oregon probably going to hike uh, the PCT all the way through Crater Lake National Park. I mean, it's all kinds of plans I have, and I'm super stoked about it. So keep um, to keep abreast of everything that I'm doing, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. And of course, go to hikerpodcast.com for all the different ways to listen. Our social media is the Facebook, the Instagram. And uh, I just, I, I just want to let you guys know I love you. And as we're getting out into these spring and summer months, I want to remind you all to follow leave no trace principles i know it's confusing sometimes but just when you go out leave leave things better than you found it it's it's frustrating as, as a hiker sometimes when you when you go out and you you're on a trail and you, you see this pile of of stuff everywhere and you're like why didn't uh, why didn't people pick up after themselves why don't why, why don't people do these things? It's, it is it is really, really frustrating. The seven leave no trace principles are, are, are super easy. Go lnt.org for the seven leave no trace principles. They're super easy. Plan ahead, travel and camp on durable surfaces, dispose of waste properly, leave what you find, minimize campfire impacts, respect wildlife, and of course, be considerate of other hikers and visitors. I, I always sum it up with my kids with this take only pictures, leave only footprints. And that's the best way for me to remember it. It is a little more nuanced than that, of course, but for my kids, that's the best way they can remember it. Anywho, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Hiker Podcast. Um, yeah, and with that, I'm going to say thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hiker Podcast. This is being lost, and may I never be found. I'm staying.